And we're back. I'm Tom Superman. Hey, we are here at the Gold Gorel in Macomb, Mississippi. We're going to be talking to a special guest, hey, Mr. Max. We're talking about the dreadlocks and where the dreadlocks came from. Superman, you, you, uh, you've seen me. I done cut my hair and I'm growing what you call dreadlocks, getting into my true heritage. And we're going to be talking with the dreadlock man himself. And I met him. And he's a very knowledgeable young man. They call him Mr. Max. He's out of Liberty, Mississippi, by way of uh, uh, San Antonio, Texas. And uh, Mr. Max, welcome to McCall, Mississippi, man. What's going on? Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, these. Uh, can you pull your uh, plate over there so I can over your way? Yeah. So I can get good. Yeah, there you go. We had to uh, go to Corral, like I said, in McComb, Mississippi. We thank them for letting us do this interview here. Mr. Max, let's talk about, first of all, uh, the dreadlocks. And then we're going to go into religion because the dreadlocks is a form of religion to a certain extent because your hair is an extension of what's in your soul, in your heart, and your mind. Uh, would you say? Yes. Um, when we talk about uh, the locks and our hair, many knowledgeable folks have said that our hair is an extension of our energy and uh, our direct connection to our creator and the metaphysical side of our very being. So our locks uh would be a very strong conductor of our energy as we relate to our creator. Yeah, in terms of cause and effect, uh, cause and effect uh, is simply uh, a, 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 a term, uh, you know, you are what you eat, uh, you put it out, and you get back what you uh, put in. It's just sort of like a bank of account. Uh, if you cause it, you're going to receive a uh, effect. And that leads us up to religion. Religion is a thing uh, where everybody is uh, uh, kind of baffled. Since we were not born back in the Bible days, we only have to uh, depend on, we only depend on what was written. And then that what was written has been altered. So religiously speaking, what do you see us as black Americans who have the highest rates uh, of crime. Uh, what are you? What you got to say on all these this crime and uh, Black Lives Matters and uh, uh, so forth? I'm glad you asked. That's a powerful question, uh, and it covers and it speaks to a lot of areas. Uh, by all means, it's very very difficult to cover all of it in a short segment, it deserves a further conversation for sure. But let me say this, is that when they use the word religion, redefine something that has been done before. So we are not dealing with the original. Uh, as uh, I'm a practicing Southern Baptist for over 40, 50 years, Sunday school teacher and all of that, I've been down that road, prior presidents, and committees for this and all of that so I understand it and been around it for a while but here is the news that's important to us it's important to us that the original version of Christianity was where we believe that there was only one 
creator, one father, and that was a spirit. And mm -hmm. it was never meant to be a man. Mm -hmm. It was, from the beginning, meant to be a spirit only. And that's who we should and how we should be worshiping today. It wasn't until later on, starting in about the 325, after the death of the so-called Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. is when we started to put a man in the picture. Mm -hmm. During 5,000 years ago, which most of us know very little about, mm -hmm. our ancestors never looked to a man as the deity to serve. Mm -hmm. uh, we should always pay homage to our Father, our Creator, and the Christ that's inside of us. It wasn't until about the 1500s, uh, the mid-1500s in this country, that we started to recognize something other than the Spirit Creator God, if you will. Uh, so you have to look for yourselves to see that and where you were taken off the path uh, of uh, your creator. Yes. Let's go back to 1865, John, uh, the year 1865 through 18, uh, six, uh, 1863 through 1865, uh, marking um, the, uh, uh, the slavery. Uh, when slaves were uh, free, they call it Juneteenth now. A lot of people call it the 4th of July. Um, now, back in the day, those people had... Um, to deal with the same thing we have to deal with religion. Now, let's go back. You go back way before there, your knowledge. Um, well, uh, take us from 1865, well, 1863 through 1865 on the slaves. I mean, what was on their minds uh, for his religion? Uh, they used to sing those songs. Uh, slave songs uh, they were free but the master didn't tell them they were free because they had to get the uh, cotton out of the field so 1863 through 1865 they were still working and didn't find that they were free until 1865 now uh, the religion they were under was what it was christianity christianity a form of their religion and your reckless uh, Absolutely. The yeah. Christianity in this country, the United States of America, was never a choice given to people of color. Mm -hmm. Christianity and the way that it was bastardized, uh, adulterized by the colonizers, was forced upon uh, people of color and given to them the way they wanted it to be given to them. And we've been repeating and practicing that ever since. Uh, the original form of Christianity, as I mentioned, whereas um, your creator was a spirit, this whole world, the, the celestials, the, the astrology, the astronomy, all of that was put together by your creator, a spirit and not a man. That's where our relationship was from the beginning, long, long before 1865, long, long before 1863. That knowledge that I just shared is the knowledge that no one ever wanted you to find out about. Whereas your relationship and your spark of Christ inside you 
came from the original creator of everything directly to your spirit. So you have a spirit inside of you of the creator of everything. Let's go to uh, 2023 now. You notice the Baptist church um, has changed so much. Uh, they used it. The uh, gospel has changed. Uh, um, the ministers has changed. You used to have the uh, pew, the pulpit in the front and the choir right behind. And uh, But now um, there's no pulpit uh, when you... Uh, Go to the average uh, mega church. Uh, there's only one little spot. And that's for that one minister who's uh, look like you know, he's not invited others, other ministers, which shows a uh, uh, kind of negative picture of leadership because leaders don't become. Uh, they, I mean, he don't have a place for the visitor to sit. Would you think that's a disrespect? How much change of Amazing Grace been taken out of the church? How much change uh, uh, can we tolerate? Remote? Much of that is a great question again. Uh, good insight. Uh, and I noticed that myself. You're not the only one. Uh, as you well notice, all of that, much of that occurred after Corona. After, after, corona. The, after Corona and all the uh, experiences that we shared with Corona, one thing that happened during that period of time from 2019, 2020 to 2022 is that folk began to have more time to look deeper into themselves, to not be involved in a religious format of every Sunday being uh, in the church. And they started to look at why and look at these questions inside of their system as what is what are other alternatives and many of us started to dig and research deeper and deeper and deeper to even to look at what we were practicing before we were forced to take on christianity mm -hmm. and during that period of time many ministers uh, have decided that they needed to do more research so the absentee that you see in the pulpit sometimes many times have been because people have begun to ask themselves those very important questions now about the ministries i mean the, uh, i mean the people you notice uh since covid they are uh dropping off uh, a lot of them are going back to the white ministries and a lot of it is because of the time link uh people the uh average tolerance of man is uh, about eight minutes what do you got to say about these ministers who's losing members because of the time length you come to church at 10 it'd be two o'clock when you get out of uh, service now uh, how do you feel about that uh, uh, we have a lot of uh, african-american uh, they are uh, questioning the length of time they're hooping they don't like to be what they call hoop, hooping is when they be and turning around and jumping up and down. A lot of people are saying, I just want somebody giving me the word, talk to me, not put on a show, and uh, let me out at about an hour and a half at the tops. Uh, okay, what do you say about that time length? Do we as African American kind of push it too far with the length of time? My grandfather pastored five churches. My All of my uncles pastored at least two churches. Mm 
uh, over the years, like I say, I've been around the concept for many, many years. I've seen them hoop. I've seen them take a while in the pulpit. I've seen them go for a long time. My pastor, uh, when I was working and serving there, it, it took about 20 minutes and he was done. And he was done. He was done. So I, I think that in today's time, we are some of the most educated people of color uh, for a long, long time. And many of us are looking to be taught. Many of us are looking for answers. Many of us are not looking for the fluff and the, um, uh, the just the dissertation that never ends. So if, you are, if your people are upset by the time frame, many times they are just interested in some answers that you're not providing. And mm -hmm. I think that what we are searching for or, or, or we're wondering why are some people awakened and are woke to the change of times and other people are not. And so I believe if you feed those people who are concerned about the time, the true knowledge of themselves going back way before slavery, then those people would stay. Those people would understand. Those people would grow. So the time factor, I believe, has a lot to do with the change of the demographics, the change of the mindset of the people that you are talking to. Being taught is always a thing of importance to people of intelligence. And those people who are satisfied with just the hoop and want to go home, they're going to go home empty and they're going to go home without having benefit of the knowledge that they really, really need. Yeah, especially the young people. They're, they're very uh, short and uh, they, uh, uh, they get in there 30 minutes, they're ready to go. And you don't want to lose them because your whole ministry is in vain Absolutely. if there's nobody there uh, to teach. So you don't want to lose them. So it's a, a game that uh, the ministers is going to have to kind of revisit uh, because uh, religion is steadily changing, man. And uh, let's go with voting, and, and we got about another uh, three minutes uh, left in this interview. And uh, let's uh, let's talk about voting in the ministry. I mean, the church is there a place for politics in the church? Uh, uh, the pastor should he lead his people to a certain extent, not take over the uh, uh, service, the church service, with uh, a political arena. Uh, but uh, is there a place for politics? Well, I'll say this, when you read and do your due diligence studying, you'll find out a lot of lies have been told to us for hundreds, hundreds of years. Uh, we are told that the, there is a separation between church and state, and that's what we've been taught as citizens and as people of color. But when you do your due diligence, you'll find out that the Catholic and politics were married together hundreds and hundreds of years ago and never were separated. Mm -hmm. So that's the dichotomy and the lie that's been told to us and told to us in my church whereas we didn't want to have the politicians say anything and you couldn't do this and couldn't do that. But in the actuality, politics and church have been married for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's our greatest weapon, I, I believe, in my opinion. It, absolutely. It's Let, a discrepancy. Yeah. I believe um, it's a, a place uh, uh, but you have to be uh, just uh, separated. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Don't take over. Okay, one word. First word come to your mind. I want you to uh, give me um, 
uh, a thought on the first word that comes to your mind. That's hard. Donald Trump. Gangster. Gangster. <laughs> well, we got the um, November elections coming up, um, and uh, this is an um, um, uh, answer um, um, shared by a lot of people, but he's running again. So we want you to, uh, our pastors, to um, just uh, study and uh, advise your church uh, of uh, what you think is going on, because you know the church is our greatest weapon as black young ministers young people i've been talking to mr max give me max, max this is mr max i'm at uh tucson up first um at gmail.com t-o-u-s-s-a-n-t-u-p-f-i-r-s-t tucson up first at gmail.com. That's my best contact. I'll uh, be glad to respond uh, to any comments that you may have. Yeah, and you can hit us up at Superman Radio 1 601 996 2096 and get in the mix with Mr. Max. I'm telling you, it's been a pleasure talking to you, sir, and we just wish you and yours the uh, best of luck. And young people, show your minds and not your behinds. Pull your pants up. Uh, ain't nobody trying to see you when we're going out to dinner. So you, I'm not going to hire them at the studio if they come in. It's about appearance. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Max? Absolutely. Hey, word for Mr. Max. I'm Tom Superman in the mix. Hey, y'all be good. Get you a snack. We'll be back with more great music right here on Superman Radio. Just download us at Superman Radio 1 dash airtime. Pick us up and uh, lock us in. We got your back.